Did you know that kinky wellness is integral to your self-development? Hi, my name is Dana Shrigal. I'm a kinky wellness coach and owner of The Partition, home of kinky wellness. Each Monday, I bring on a guest to discuss why kinky sexual wellness deserves a seat in the wellness conversation. You can catch my solo shows on Wednesdays, but let's jump into it. Hey, and welcome back. Today, we are joined by Jenny. Jenny is the creative genius behind White Wave Design, which is a luxury boutique interior design company that specializes in intimate interiors for badass couples. Her work ranges from vanilla relationships to kink and BDSM lifestyles, to romance, to luxury comfort, to deep connection and seduction. Jenny really can design it all, and I'm excited to bring her on the show so we can discuss what it takes to design a home for pleasure and sex. So let's welcome Jenny to the show. Hello, Jenny. How are you doing today? I'm so great, Dana. Thank you for having me. Well, thank you for coming on the show. Today is going to be a very interesting episode as we're going to be diving into luxury designing for pleasure and sex. And I want to begin with a little bit of how you got into this specific niche when it comes to luxury designing. For sure. So it was a warm, sunny day. No, I'm joking. (laughs) (laughs) I don't actually remember what the day was. Uh, No, but I've been doing work with the home and interior industry for about 20 years. And two years ago, I really found that I was just struggling sort of in the day-to-day of doing what's called what you would refer to as standard design. Um, So pretty much everything you see in every magazine and they're all beautiful, but I just didn't feel a pull anymore. I didn't, I wasn't passionate about it. Like I sort of lost my zest for design. So as happenstance, and sometimes universe takes you where you're supposed to go, I was reading a couple articles about gay couples that were fired from their vendor or had to come out to their wedding planners and that didn't go well. So that got me really fired up. (laughs) Wow. Yeah. And then, right. So it popped in my head that I have a friend who's a dominant. So I started thinking about who him and his submissive would hire to help them design their home or specifically to design a room for pleasure. So that just honestly started the ball rolling and it just felt like this big aha moment. And here we are. Here we are. Well, your designs are absolutely gorgeous. And so do you want to tell us a little bit about your company? For sure I can. So... I own White Wave Design, which is a luxury boutique interior design company that specializes in intimate interiors for couples, badass couples, I should clarify. And I serve those who want a romantic home. So that could range anywhere from a vanilla relationship to kink or BDSM lifestyle. So I run the gamut. I will do one room that's meant just for playroom, sex room, just where you really spend your time in pleasure. Then I'll also go through your whole home. So how you spend your time in your living room and your kitchen, dining room, how, if you entertain or you don't entertain. So it, it's, it's a whole home as well, but still with a romantic lens. Absolutely. And that must be exciting. You must, re- you must really get to know your clients on a personal level because you are dealing with such like intimacy and sex and just pleasure in general. Yes, I get to know them. 
definitely on another level, which I'm so thankful and appreciative and honored that they would invite me into their home. And we discuss a lot of things that even their best friends don't know. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what would be the first steps when someone is looking to let's, we can start with just a playroom. So what would be the first things that you, you would ask somebody to consider when you're going to build that? So for sure. So they'd start by filling out a form on my website so I can kind of really get a good idea of what they're looking for. I do a follow-up phone call just to see if we're the right fit because whether timing or budget, contractor builder, like those are all really important things because I can make a beautiful design, but someone needs to create it. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Then from there, we'd go into like preliminary meeting. So whether it's uh, Zoom or in-person, depending on location, we really deep dive into what they're looking for. And it's to help them feel more comfortable with me as well, because I have to get to know them really fast in a in a way that no one else knows them. And it took their partner years. <laughs> yeah. I have to know in a couple of weeks, couple of days. So there's there's a lot to it. Well, I I see your questionnaire here. And some of the questions that you ask is what makes you feel sexy, powerful, calm, playful, loved? Like you go into really specifics and I absolutely love these questions. One for, these are just questions I think people should be asking themselves anyways, but two, like you can really get some answers out of this. So how does this translate into a designing aspect then? Yeah. So the next part, if they want to work with me is the design questionnaire. And a few people have made mention that it feels like homework (laughs) Mm. and they don't want to do it because it's quite lengthy. So I tell people to like, you know, put on some comfy clothes, sit in your favorite chair, get a hot beverage, because these are the questions that really help me to know someone in a short amount of time and things they don't realize are important for me to know. So like you said, like some of these smaller things you don't think of. I want to know if they're right-handed or left-handed. Those are things you don't think of in your daily life. You just go about and do your things. I want to know that for outlet placement. I want to know that for how you move through your space because someone that's right-handed versus someone that's left-handed uses your space completely differently, even in a kitchen where things are placed. Who's the main cook? Who doesn't cook? (laughs) Yeah. Well, that Um, was... Sorry, go ahead. No, you go ahead. Well, I was going to say like those tiny details, they go a long way. And I think that when you do start to get to know somebody on this level, it does. It's almost like the pieces start to fall into place when you can build it for them. And one of the big things is you would have to design for their senses. And I'm wondering, how do you design for all senses when it comes to these types of things? So I focus on four. Taste, you're on your own. Okay, yeah. (laughs) um so sight um obviously is a very big one that's we're visual creatures so which this also sort of runs into color psychology which I know is something we were going to chat about so I might (laughs) delve into that a little bit here so everything we see we interpret as data to some form or another so even a texture on a fabric, we see the texture. We haven't even felt it yet. So you interpret what that feels like without actually touching it. 
you also interpret how the space feels by looking at it. Does it feel warm? Does it feel cold without you actually paying attention to whether it actually is warm or cold? So we're interpreting a lot of data, even from our site. Sound, again, are you on a busy street? Are you out in the country? What can you hear? Is there a creak in the floor? Is it an older home? Is there, you know, birds tweeting outside? Do you love having the windows open? So things like that, like everything you can hear. Touch is huge and my favorite. Yeah. <laughs> Again, we get a lot of information from touch. So everything we've seen, everything we've heard, then we get into how it actually feels. So sitting on the sofa, feeling that material that we interpreted was probably soft. Is it actually soft? Is it scratchy? Does it feel good on your skin? Do you want to cuddle on that sofa because it feels good? Is it uncomfortable? Is there a cushion? So there's, you know, a lot to do with, with feel as well. And then scent. So I'm actually very sensitive to scent and I'm very aware of, of very aware of my surroundings. So in my day-to-day -day life, sometimes that's frustrating, but for my job, it's really helpful. <laughs> Are there candles going or like myself, you're sensitive, you don't have candles going. Do you love the smell of fresh air? It's just really paying attention to you in your space and how you want it to feel and how you interpret those feelings with your senses. Wonderful. Well, you mentioned that color definitely different, like is important, which is, of course it is. And I would like you to kind of go into how that is and how color affects our moods and different types of examples, if you're able to. For sure, I'd love to. So I'll start with white just because it's very popular, but my least favorite, mm -hmm. <laughs> I'll be very clear. So for every color, we all associate a positive or a negative association, whether it's from an experience in the past or something we've seen, or like myself, it just doesn't feel right. So we interpret, so for example, white, positive would be like it's neutral, it's hygienic, cleanliness it's it feels refreshing clarity purity sort of like a new start but then the negative is coldness barriers unfriendliness emptiness right so that's more the negative side and effects on ourselves could be increased sense of sophistication and cleanliness so again depending how you interpret that color so things you might think of, snow, especially up here in Muskoka, it's, we got a little bit left on the ground. <laughs> um, a crisp white business shirt, a hospital, a white dove, wedding dress. So again, it's some of those things are positive and some of those things we might see as negative. So I don't like white. I don't like coming into a space that's white. So it's different for every person. And then I'll do black just because it's my personal favorite and I know you had mentioned red so we can do that too yes <laughs> I think it's funny you don't like white if white's in your company title <laughs> so it, well side note so I words are really important to me so when I was trying to come up with my business name my last name's Grimmick it's if you see it it doesn't spell it like it sounds so no one's going to know how to spell it no one's going to know how to say it and then it's just you know my first name doesn't 
have any hold any interest for me so I was still thinking like how I could have my business still have my name but not be my name Mm -hmm. so I looked up Jenny and the definition was fair yielding and white wave oh that's actually so sweet (laughs) so I called it white wave design (laughs) that's sweet that's sweet also a fresh new beginning so to me it has two meanings oh that's very sweet (laughs) just as a side note (laughs) um so black positive which is where it really gets me sophistication glamour security prestige nighttime elegance mystery and power on the negative side menacing evil fear depression cold and heaviness so right there you could tell if someone has positive feelings that's a good thing if it's negative those are bad feelings so the effects are increased sense of sophistication and depth so a couple things you might think of chanel gucci a really handsome guy or gal in a black dress or a suit Mm -hmm. (laughs) so it just depends color is really important and people don't realize the effect of color especially when they're in spaces for a long period of time which of course is either work or at home yes and i'm interested to know like what about red that would be very passionate and fiery but what would be some negatives to red yeah so anger Mm. aggression danger and hunger so depending on the situation that could also be bad because it stimulates your appetite (laughs) oh i did not know that red stimulates appetite that's interesting Mm mm-hmm Yeah. So then effects would be increased blood pressure, your appetite, increase in your metabolism and your breathing. Oh, wow. Which can be good or bad, depending on why you're designing the room. (laughs) Now, is there any type of color combinations that people think work, but just tend not to work or they just aren't that sexy or pleasurable? Or is that really just up to the individual? Yeah. I mean, there's some standards in the sense of like colors that aren't usually deemed as romantic like you know yellow is something that's more like sun and fun and it's not necessarily a romantic color and it's more of a friend color but if that's an important color to you or it symbolizes something to you I will do any color (laughs) absolutely now that's some that's good to know about color because that's pretty much the that's one major element, but what are some other really big major elements when you're going to build a playroom, whether that be storage or just layout, like I guess the feng shui, I guess you could say yes. of the room. <laughs> <laughs> so honestly, the biggest, the biggest thing to me when I'm starting a room or when I'm having clients think about their space is awareness, which might not be everyone's go-to. <laughs> Because you need to be aware of your space. Is it cluttered? Is it unorganized? Do you move through the space and you're always stubbing your toe on something? Is the furniture too large? Is the furniture too small? So it's honestly being aware of the space. And even within some of the work that I do, it dictates what you can and cannot do. Like I I know I've said this before, but 
for instance, if you're playing with impact play and you need space to raise your arm up with the actual toy itself, like if you don't have the space to do it properly, you cannot do it. That's right. So yeah, not every space is also the right space. So there might be a renovation or an addition, removing a wall. Like it depends how serious you are making the space your own. Yes. Yes, absolutely. And what would be some like practical tips for like when you walk into a room, is there kind of like a bed should face a certain way or is there kind of like a layout again that is typical for it or no, no, no. (laughs) I wish, I honestly wish there was an easy answer in smaller spaces without renovating the space there are things that hinder you, right? So of course, where outlets are, um, you need to be able to plug in lamps or toys. Mm -hmm. Um, So without a renovation, you are limited to the space you physically have. But again, it's just awareness. Awareness. Yes, that's a big one. So the next thing that I want to ask you is you focus a lot on why and how a vacation is so relaxing and like you to Mm -hmm. go into that and how you bring those elements over into your rooms as well. For sure. So (laughs) if you ask most people when their most romantic experience was or the best time or the best sex they've ever had, the answer most of the time is vacation. Why? There's nothing else going on. You have nowhere else to be. There is no clutter. Mm -hmm. (laughs) There's no clothes on the ground. There's no one else coming into your space. It's all your own. There's generally no schedule. There's no phone calls. Like it's, it's, you're just away from everything. And that's what makes it so romantic is that it's just about the two of you. And generally it's also very beautiful space. So it's well-designed. The rooms are usually larger depending where you're staying. But if you're out of a five-star resort, right, that's going to be a nice room. Mm. There's going to be lots of room. <laughs> you won't be cluttered. And it's tranquil, I feel. Like it's it's almost like you removed out of your traditional day-to-day. And I think that's why I love your work so much because it is so different. I was looking at your photos and the designs and you it's totally different than what a you know, quote unquote, like a traditional house looks like when you walk in, it's completely like, wow, you've been transported into another area. Oh, I'm so happy you said that because I call them magical wonderlands. (laughs) Oh, that's so cute. Well, they definitely are. And but like for this, because there's, you know, sex typically has a lot of toys and a lot of accessories and there's things that go with it. How do you handle storage with this? So I love to be sneaky. And I love hidden doors or hidden drawers, like things that you don't even know that they're there. That's my favorite. Nice. (laughs) And then whether you need lock or key. So again, nightstands are a great example, like having a good nightstand. A lot of them are being made now with outlets within the drawers, which is great. So you plug it in within the drawer so you don't have all these cords hanging outside and less open storage. A lot of nightstands still come with just sort of one drawer on top get lots of drawers. Closets are a great space saver. If you've got walk-in closets, you can do a lot with that. And it also helps with the intrigue and the mystery of what you're going to bring out of the closet. Yeah. And hidden doors. So like building a wall out with paneling so that Mm -hmm. you can open the panel, but when it's closed, you don't know it's there. 
So again, it's just fun. <laughs> That's a dream. I have a dream of this. I know who I'm going to call. And it's just, I want one of those things where it is, you, it is secret. It's almost yep. like, I think that's so sexy and just in general, like it's also so hot. Like, ooh, look at my sexy hidden room over here. Like only the special ones get in. Like, I love it so much. I think it's so cool. Well, and then you're in on the secret. It's part of the fun, right? Only you know what that actually is. And, you know, people, you know, depending on the space or or who we're designing it for, they might want it secret because family and friends might be coming to visit, you know, but they play in their living room. So I've got to have it hidden. Right. So, cause you do all types of rooms. So how would you be able to bring that and translate that into other rooms of the home? So again, couple specific and sorry, I do want to clarify when I say couple, I'm referring to a committed romantic relationship. So it could be two people, it could be a throuple, or it could also be a poly family. So I just want to make sure but I'm clear when I use the term couple, it's, it's a wide varying of relationships. So taking all of those elements from your playroom specific and bringing them into your main area, again, is just being more creative. So having, you know, like a coffee table that maybe has hidden restraint points underneath that are built in that you can't see unless you actually get up underneath the table. Beautiful antique looking dresser drawers that have keys. So it looks like a beautiful piece of antique furniture, but it's not. <laughs> it was just made to look that way. No one's going to think anything of it. And again, hidden storage behind TVs, behind walls, sides of fireplaces. So it just depends on what, the, what size needs to be hidden. <laughs> That's a great example about the coffee table and having hidden restraints under it. I think that that now that's a new must. I feel like every time you say something, I'm like, oh, there we go. That's going to be added to the checklist of what I need in my own home. <laughs> that's so good. And I guess just, you know, make sure it's sturdy enough and all that jazz. Yes. But yes. And so when you're creating a room, some of your projects range up to 250,000. And I want to know what goes into that type of project. Yeah, that's a great question. So the work I do is luxury can construction and it's all custom so again that coffee table for example is a custom piece made to withstand weight mm -hmm. <laughs> so for a room again there would be construction involved so it's a re having to readjust the ceiling do we need hard points do we need beams floor joists like it depends obviously on the space but again furniture it's all custom these aren't things that I can just buy off a showroom floor and then getting into I love wall moldings I love ceiling detail um, again obviously your listeners can pop on and, and see what I mean good lighting is huge one of my favorite things to pick so again like a beautiful chandelier so in smoke and mirrors which is the red and black space if anyone looks it up that's a beautiful handmade metal and crystal piece that's five feet wide and four feet tall. So it's a very large <laughs> chandelier. So that needs to be taken into account. So I raised the ceiling five feet and I created a sunken floor for a sofa. Those things add up. <laughs> yes. <laughs> but it sounds beautiful and totally worth it. <laughs> I would agree. 
Can you explain some of your other designs now that I know that you have smoke and mirrors, that's one design, but you have a couple other ones. And if you could just outline those briefly. Oh, sure. So Stone Dream is a whiskey bar cigar lounge for a male gay thruple. They're busy. They want a space to come home, relax from travel where it's just for them. So I created three zones. So it's an L-shaped room. There's fireplace seating area, separate chair seating area, and then the bar. So it's a very large space, <laughs> which again, why it adds up quickly, because you need to furnish three spaces. And again, that's a space where family and friends may visit. So we have wax play, restraints, and one is a musician. So we've had the guitars in the space. That's where that coffee table with the hidden restraints, because they might have guy friends over or people visiting. So mm -hmm. it just looks like a really sexy lounge, but there's some secrets. <laughs> and then Black Beauty is BDSM bedroom in a second home. So it's like the vacation spot. So that's where we were talking about that. So it has six hidden doors. Six? Total. Oh my <laughs> goodness. Okay. Yep. So behind the headboard wall, there's two and they go into the his and hers closet on the opposite side, which is a fireplace wall. There's two again to go into the ensuite. And then right beside the fireplace, there's also two more that open up and retract into the wall. And it's for the wet bar and a coffee bar. So they've got an alcohol and coffee station in the bedroom. Oh, wow. That's, that's nice. You never have to leave. <laughs> so, when you're designing these, are there things that, you know, some people often overlook when it comes to elements that, you know, you're, they're not aware of. And then when you say they're like, oh yeah, that's such a good idea. So the least sexy in the design world is function, function, function. Mm. <laughs> Everyone wants a pretty space, uh, no matter what they're using the space for, but they don't realize the function. So how do you walk through the space? Is it big enough? Again, getting into that, especially um, with floggings, like, you know, do you have the ceiling height? Is there enough room around you? Is room too cluttered with furniture? So again, just function. It's not the sexiest, but it's really important. <laughs> yes, yes. And it's, you know what? It's one of these things. And that's why we go to professionals like you, because we're just unaware and designing takes a lot of effort and a lot of like eye to the details and the things that we often overlook. So that's good to know. Yeah. So uh, my time just designing space minimum is six months. Oh, wow. So, yeah. So this isn't something that's just done overnight. <laughs> so for example, in black beauty, the bedroom, I did include nightstands with plugins. And at the end of the bed at the footboard, because the space is 24 by 24, it's a very large room. Generally, there's a bench or seating at the end of the bed, just because there's space and there's room. But mm -hmm. in their scenario, it would have been in the way. So for function, I didn't include it. And then there's two separate chairs that swivel, which is fun. So then you can decide what view you want. <laughs> Oh, that's cute. Yeah. So what's your favorite part about designing these homes? Honestly, it's getting to know the clients, getting to know their love story. I'm a super sucker for a good love story. And just 
And of course, everyone's favorite is at the end when you get to show them a space or in this case, like show them design, like a digital 3D rendering because no one can picture what I'm saying. Like your clients have just listened to me describe three rooms. They have no idea what it looks like, but when they see the photos, they're like, wow, that's amazing. And that's so beautiful. And that's what clients need to see as well. But it's, it's honestly really getting to know my clients. Yes. Yes, absolutely. Now for the BDSM side of it, and like, you know, a lot of people will think of like leather and things like that, but do you also help clients with how to clean these things after with, like after the fact, or just give tips on how to keep the, I guess the texture and the furniture as best as they can? Yeah. So that's something we go into when we're having our initial client meeting is how the space or home will be used. So if it is playroom specific, especially for the seating flooring as well, I choose based on how they're going to play in the room. So I, I personally love velvet. I use velvet a lot, but it's not that easy to keep clean. So mm-hmm. if it's going to be on a chair that they're going to use for play, that's not the best space. So maybe it's on a throw pillow or maybe it's a drapery as opposed to the physical thing that you're sitting on. So again, it's very client specific. And then the care is always, if there's something that they need to take care of very well, like say a marble countertop, that's something that's discussed ahead of time. Are they actually going to do it? Are they going to take the time to do it? Or maybe they have a cleaning staff or housekeeper that will keep up on it. If they're not, we don't use it and find an alternative. Marble, it has a certain type of clean. You have to clean it properly. I didn't. You do. And it's porous. You also have to keep it sealed. Oh, I did not know that about marble. That's I don't have marble in my home. So, (laughs) but yeah, no. Most people don't just because of the care. And it's, there's a higher budget associated with marble as well. Mm-hmm. So again, it's lifestyle. It's very lifestyle specific. Yeah. It just looks like something that you can just, in my opinion, that you could just clean like any other counter, but I guess not. That's good to know. Mm-hmm. But I've always That's had- That's why this- everybody uses quartz. <laughs> quartz. Okay. Good to know. <laughs> but yeah, we've, I've always have this discussion with friends, whether or not you would have a carpet or not inside of a playroom. And personally, I just think that sounds like a lot of work to clean a carpet. Yes. But some people, you know what, they do love it. But what's your opinion? Do you think it's it's worth the cleaning of it or not so much? I'm going to sound like a broken record, but honestly, it's so client specific. Oh, yes. Okay. <laughs> that's funny. But, right. That's, but those are the discussions we have ahead of time, like how much maintenance they actually want. And maintenance level is one of your questions as well. And that's very important. Yep. The questionnaire that, you know, it's the bane of everyone's existence. It makes sense in the end. <laughs> well, you ask about pets, you go into all yep. sorts of things. And that that would be in case like scratches or also cleaning as well. Cleaning as well. Cause again, I go through the whole home. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Right. But for playroom specific. Yeah. Like if they, it depends on the scenario. So if they want warmth and comfort installing in floor heating would be a great idea. Cause then even if we did, like a vinyl plank floor that looks like wood or that looks like porcelain, it's warmer on your feet because there's in-floor heat as opposed to having a cold floor. We could also get into, you know, if say the submissive, as an example, gets cold after a scene, we always make sure there's blankets on hand or fuzzy socks so that if they're walking on the floor that doesn't have a carpet, they still have something warm on their feet. So 
it's it's the level of care and maintenance that they want to upkeep on a consistent basis. Yes, yes. So these are, I feel like I'm learning a lot of tips and tricks out of this as well. So this is very informative. Thank you so much. But when someone, you know, like what are some things that you want people to know before they reach out to a designer, like some kind of questionnaire, like, I guess a thought that they should really focus on. Is it more like kind of figure out what they want in the room or in the place setting, or you guys do that together, or are they supposed to come with some things to point you in the right direction? It's a bit of both. Honestly, I like having control of the main design, Mm -hmm. um, which I, I tell them up front. I'm very particular about what I do and what I create for them. So I don't like a lot of guidelines in the design sense but if they're like, hey, we love going to this one club, it's got these elements, we love a spanking bench, or we need, you know, like specific things that they want for the room, absolutely. But when it comes to creating magic for my clients, I really need the freedom <laughs> to be able to do that. So we definitely discuss it. I don't create something that they won't like, but I, I do like having their input, obviously, because I need to create for them but most clients have no idea. (laughs) Yes. Okay. Well, I feel like it's hard for me personally. I think that there's so many things that I want and they all kind of look different. Like sometimes I want it to look more like Moulin Rouge, but then I love your black designs that are like sexy and sultry. And so it can, I feel like mine might be almost like too cluttered and you got to like dial it back a little bit. Less is more. Less is more. You'll see in a lot of my designs are there isn't any clutter. There's limited artwork. It's very soft and soothing, even though they're bold colors, because it's less stressful on your eye. So I would definitely be reining that in. <laughs> yes. And so what, actually to that point about designs, like textiles and like patterns on the wall, that can be over, that can be quite busy and almost zap some of the, I guess, like sexual energy out if it's too busy. No. Yeah. So perfect example would be between um, with, Black Beauty and Stone Dream, they're very tone on tone, one's navy, one's black. There's a bit of texture with a grass cloth wallpaper, but overall your eye just floats around. There isn't one thing that your eye lands on. Mm-hmm. So they're, they're both meant to be soothing, relaxing. But when we get into Smoke and Mirrors, which is the red and black room, again, it's mostly one color, but because the power and the boldness of the red gets you excited, gets your adrenaline moving. And that was the purpose of that room was to elicit that powerful reaction. So to get the heart rate going, to get ready for a scene. So again, that color was very specifically picked for that reason. Whereas the other two spaces were to be able to relax and just calm down and get your heart rate lowered. So there's, there's a method to my madness. (laughs) Yes. Yes. So one last, a couple of things, I guess, like for someone who might be a little bit more um, on the more affordable side of it, do you have any tips for someone with small spaces or if they're looking just to kind of do in their home, any key points that they should look into? Sure. I've got a few ideas that you can translate. So again, awareness is number one. Be really aware of your room, like take an sort of a fresh look because when you're used to seeing something every day, you, you, your eye doesn't land on it. You sort of you don't pay attention to it anymore. So you might walk in every day and already feel stressed or anxious walking into your space and you don't know why. Hmm. So almost 
whether you physically wanted to actually empty the room and start from scratch or try to picture it empty. So getting things tidied up, um, maybe a new bed set, new bedding, that's huge. Again, feeling those textures on your skin, lighting, get multiple places of lighting. So if you've got pot lights, if they're on dimmers, great. Or if you can have an electrician come in and put them on dimmers because it's so bright. Lamps, floor lamps, table lamps, anything you can do sort of create multi-layered lighting also helps set the mood. And area rug or no area rug. Yeah. <laughs> also helps with sound dampening. So you, you get, you've reduced echoing, right? Because a lot of new homes, you get a lot of echoing and then it feels cold and it feels industrial because you can just hear everything echoing. Mm. And then paint color, paint it, get rid of the gray. I don't, <laughs> get rid of the white, get rid of the gray. <laughs> That seems to be like everywhere. I actually made a comment. I walked into a baby store actually with a friend and I was looking around. I was like, what is going on with North America? Cause it was just all monochromatic scales. And I was like, babies are fun and joyful and vibrant and like supposed to be like almost rainbow. Like at least what I think of them. And I was looking around everything was gray and white. And I was like, this is so boring. So not that like, if you like gray, that's great. But I feel like it's overdone at this point. And I used to have a home that I feel like I looked at those things. I'm like, I'm going to make my house like this. And then I lived in it. And I feel like it took away a lot of my creativity and I switched everything back. And it, and it can. So yeah, painting the room, give it a refresh just because what you see is mainstream design, which is fine for anyone who wants the white and the wood and the gray. That's great. I, I just don't want to live with it. Mm, And not mm. everyone wants to live with it, but they also don't realize there's other options. So if you did want to also paint your ceiling, like don't have any white, no white trim, no white doors, no white ceiling. <laughs> Is there some, I've heard that if you paint a room, like for instance, black, it, it makes it, is that true that it makes it look smaller or no, that's just kind of one of those myths. It's just one of those myths, but also it's contrast. So if only I do not do focal walls. I don't like focal walls. You will never get a focal wall from me. So don't ask. (laughs) That's so funny. (laughs) Say you have like a white room with a black wall. Sometimes that can do the reverse of what you actually think because it brings that black wall towards you as Mm. opposed to having the whole room black. Then it feels more expansive because it's all one color as opposed to just having one wall or contrast. It doesn't close you in. But again, it's how you feel about color. So to me, and I've had an all black room many times, it makes me feel warm and cozy. It doesn't make me feel claustrophobic. Mm-hmm. But someone who deems black as a negative energy and negative feeling, they might feel like it's closed in. So again, color is very personal. Yes, yes. That That's a good point. But is there any other types of designs, just even outside of just pleasure and sex rooms, like just design things that people should take aware of if they are looking to design their home? Absolutely. So the biggest one is a kitchen. So being really aware of how you use your space. So again, this is right-handed, left-handed garbage is where's the garbage going? Do you want to have a garbage outside where you have to put everything in or is it in a drawer? Is it pull out? How loud? is your range hood yes oh my gosh (laughs) those are sensory like sensory overload like I I can't handle it in my last apartment I just like I couldn't even be in the room it was so bad 
Yeah, so that's a great example. So all of this stuff still translates into every room design. I still take into consideration all your senses. So if your loved one's trying to cook and you're like, oh, they're so sexy while they're cooking and I just want to sit at the island and stare at them, that takes away from the feeling of the room, like having that, you know, garbage can that makes a weird noise when the lid lifts because it's battery operated. And then you've got your range hood going and then you've got, you know, and then your faucet never works properly. It's just, it's stuff that just drives you crazy. It's just so unsexy <laughs> at the end of the day. It's so unsexy. You can have a sexy kitchen if you really plan it out. <laughs> I think, and even talking to you, I realized that every room should actually be sexy because that's really how it is. Like our homes should feel like either warm, comfortable, but all these things, but there shouldn't be an element of our home that we don't like. Yes. And I obviously agree. So even like a living room, your sofa, is it comfortable? Like who's sitting, who's laying down? Are you cuddling on the couch? Is it deep enough? A lot of sofas aren't deep enough for two people to cuddle like one in front of the other. Yeah, that's Are the true, cushions actually. removable? Are the cushions stitched to it and you can't clean it? <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know what? I just, that's so funny. That's so true. Right? It's just these little things that no one thinks of in their daily lives that generally extremely frustrate them that I come in and fix. <laughs> yes. Well, I'm glad that you came on and gave us all these tips and tricks. And so what's next for you? Do you have any big plans or projects that are coming up? So I'm working on my next portfolio design, which is actually going to be um, to celebrate Harley Davidson's 120th anniversary this year. So I'm working on a motorcycle shop slash playroom for a gay couple and I'm really excited about it <laughs> that sounds fun actually I have one more question before we head sure. out what is your dream if you had a dream project to create what would it be Ooh. or do you have a few no. <laughs> I was like I don't know how to, <laughs> I don't know how to narrow it down uh, you know what I really can't narrow it down okay well do you have like one or two that you can share um, I would love to be able to do a space that's really bold and colorful with a lot of pattern because it would put me out of my comfort zone mm -hmm. because I do a lot of tone on tone. So a couple that was really into color and pattern, I would love to do that. And another one would be, of course, a Muskoka cottage log that's home. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. So for my listeners, where can they find you and reach out to you if they want to get in contact? Absolutely. So my website is whitewavedesign.ca and Instagram is also whitewavedesign. Wonderful. Well, thank you so much again for coming on the show. And for my listeners, I will see you guys on Wednesday. And as always, stay kinky.